0: Welcome to the Global Missions, Inc. Podcast. This week's episode features Herrick Holt with a message called My Hiding Place. Maybe you have a treasure of precious gems. Maybe you have a treasure of gold hidden away somewhere. And you've laid it away for your rainy day. But there's another problem. Thieves. They come in various styles today. They don't have funny looking faces. Uh, They don't come with their six guns on their hips they don't come with their tobacco in their sides their mouth and their mouths, and they're trying to talk like you know how they do, like these ball players. I, I can't understand why ball players have to have a golf ball in their in their cheeks. <laughs> and they always get the camera on them when they go. <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed that? They should they should be some sign that they make when they're going to spit so they don't go on TV, but they all do it. You're bound to see it if you watch the baseball. These are strange things, aren't they? But these thieves come in different ways. You can make a whopping good investment that can never fail. And you're gone to bed, and you're calculating in your mind and heart, boy, am I ever piling it up. I think of a man that built a hotel, a motel, right on a straight-through road. And he was really making the money. And he thought he had it all fixed for his time. One day, somewhere in in the offices of the nation, they decided to move the highway. And he was so far off the highway that never a car went by him. Some thief stole away his empire. When you heard about the Shah's death, leaving in the banks in Tehran, a king's ransom. But that man one day, under the counsel of his doctors, was told, you have X number of days to live. And though nations tried to stabilize his empire, there was no way they could. And one day, the hand of God called him. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where there's no moss. Heaven's demossed, and it's rust resistant, and th- all the thieves have taken the wide road to destruction. That's right. That's right. That's that wonderful Redeemer talking. He has so many parables, I couldn't begin to. The, in the Sharon Star, there was one written on salt. Isn't that an ordinary thing? Imagine uh, the Son of God taking such subject matter like that. Doors and moths and rust and thieves and such things as that. Sand, you build your house on the sand. There there was two builders. Yeah, and it means two people. You'll find your own examples, living examples they built the identical house. Same beautiful design. Same drive in. Same kind of windows. Same kind of flooring. Same kind of drop siding. Same kind of, of fancy roofs. Everything about it. Sunken baths and whatever you wouldn't think about. One man was careful about the, where he built it, he built it upon a foundation. The other man built it on sand, and Jesus said, it started to rain. I remember last winter when it started to rain, in a little place over on the north shore, there was a kind of a temporary dam put in there by the loggers, and it broke loose, and it came down that valley there, and it took houses with it, washed out the bridges, and took men's lives and dumped them into the ocean there some I don't know whether they've recovered them all or not but it made shambles of that those houses but the house that is upon the foundation Paul saw that foundation he said he's going to build a house upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. You young people, snuggle in tight to where that foundation is. See that you occupy such a house. See that you, you have found the right place, for I am quoting this man that died for you. I am not making this up of my own. I am quoting from him. My text is from him. <coughs> and he said, if I build my house upon the sand, I will experience rains that will devastate the property. I will experience storms that will overthrow the building. But as you sang that hiding place tonight, somehow my mind went back To that secret hiding place that we find individually. There is a place in the home where I kneel down. And kneeling there, I oftentimes pour out my heart to God. Insurmountable things are like looking through the telescope from the wrong end. But when you put the wide lens out front, you will find it brings them in close and they're not so far away. And there in that hiding place is a place of quietness. It's a place where I reminisce. It's a place where my heart is stabilized. When my heart is, is heavy because of someone maybe going through the mill... General conversation with people is wonderful, but oh, to find that hiding place. There's something where words are hardly possible, some place where words are hardly possible to form. Not because of ecstasy, but because of an overshadowing presence. Where he will intuitively make known to your heart things that reason cannot understand. That hiding place is more real to me than the substance of this pulpit. That hiding place is something that he has provided for all men. And he's made that Available. It is a place where he makes himself known. Makes His makes you to understand the things that you cannot understand. Gives you eyes that can see. Where things cannot be seen. Gives you ears to hear. A voice that cannot be heard by the natural ear. And brings into focus... The things that confront you. Such a hiding place. All treasures of the earth are not comparable to that hiding place. There is nothing that that you could lay on the table regardless of the extent of its worth. There is nothing that can take the place of that hiding place. None, nothing whatsoever. the the magnificence of that presence when he moves in there and you're aware of his presence and he makes known the things that have been heavy on your heart I know no place no place no place at all like that hiding place God knows about it and when you go in there I have never been in there where I've been dancing and jigging around I've never been in that frame of mind I think it must be the same frame of mind that Aaron must have had when he'd finished his work in the court and he'd put the blood of the lamb upon his thumbs and upon his toes from the sacrifice and he'd made himself clean from the sins that he could have been involved in. And when he went into that hiding place there, there was no foolish jesting. There was nothing like that, I am sure, there was a solemnity that came over him when his hands started to part those drapes. And he was to see the light in there that was a glow that had no uh, assistance from the outside. But it was the glory of God that filled the place. And when he went in there, he knew that he had to be free from the contamination of time. While he was in there, He allowed his long robes to swing because at the bottom of his robes were metal pomegranates that had a bell structure within. And these bells had to jingle because if they failed to jingle, the people would fear that he hadn't been properly cleansed and that his life had been taken. Methinks the hiding place has that kind of solemnity. Great things carry on in that hiding place. Many problems, many many sick people, many people confronted with, with grievous problems have been laid meticulously before the God of all the earth. What a what a, an opportunity God has given to men as they walk down the narrow road through that narrow gate, walking all their life. People may be afraid of this particular time that they're going through. I want you to know that the God of heaven can change the seasons. He can give rain where there is no rain. He can give sun where there is no sun. He can give growth where there is no growth. He can bring out a, out of a destructive thing something of creative beauty. When he wanted to demonstrate his power to show men who were striving for authority that they couldn't have. He said, take a rod from every tribe and bind them together and take Aaron's rod. These rods were ordinary walking sticks, maybe with a crook for hooking sheep, I don't know. But they were all bound together, dried almond rods, dry and old because they were long sheared from the tree. And overnight they were to be laid into this hiding place, in this holy place. And Aaron took them in there. And then in the morning God told them to take those rods out. And the rod that has budded, that is where I have set my authority. Now whose name is on the rod, that rod, that is where I put my authority. Going in there and untying the bundles. There was one rod. It had, had <coughs> it had green leaves. It had buds. It had blue. And it had fruit on it. In 24 hours. A dried up old stick. He is the God that rules in the kingdoms of men. He is bringing... He is bringing to pass in your lifetime something that far surpasses the exodus. Something that far surpasses the crossing of the Red Sea. The manna that fell in the wilderness far surpassing all the deliveries of mankind that you might find from the records of time will not compare to the glory that will be manifest in the congregating of that ecclesia. That ecclesia that I believe is to come into existence at this time, not the gathering together of organizations where you, you drop your doctrinal differences and you come together just on a common fellowship, Nothing of the kind. Nothing is more removed from that. This body of people that now look like a, like a dried up old rod. One day you'll see from those dried rods will come the bloom and will come the fruit. God will bring to pass, I believe, in our time the congregating of men and women with such a union that is absolutely essential for the union. The union will be so so needed because the life from the individual members will flow back and forth into all the members of this body. This glorious church. I can understand when I... Here, like I've heard today, the things I can see on the horizon, something that cannot be seen. I can see a fulfillment coming that I am sure in my early youth I knew absolutely nothing about. But that man that I said I would like to see the praetorium. I would like to walk there and stand on that stone and look up into the bleachers of that court and try to bring my imagination back the scene that I have often pondered over and to see all those that walk down the, the road with him men ordinary men just like you just like you girls you'd see this man just a a bloody mess face gashed and torn and his hair matted with his own blood staggering under under the judicial cross and girls like you laughed some wanted souvenirs He went up and tried to steal tear some of his beard out. I would like to walk down that road, slowly pondering. I'd like to go up to Calvary. I'd like to stand there and view it all with time to meditate. I know there's no way my little fragile mind can reproduce in memory what transpired that day. But I want you to know the day he rose from the dead, no greater day, no greater day was ever given to man. I experienced a a portion of that resurrection. I remember the time when God said, I'm going to fill you with my spirit, I'd struggled about this because people had so many ideas about being filled with the spirit. But this time he said, and I remember his words, if you go to the front, kneel at the altar, I'll fill you with my spirit tonight. I remember going down that long aisle, Some, maybe about some like this, about a thousand people present, I knelt there. I'd asked a lady to stand close to me, don't let anyone touch me, because they always disturbed me. And that night, when I raised my hands to heaven, his power came down upon me. And when I recovered from such a joyous experience, I didn't know it, but I was flat on my back. How long, I don't know, but I know for days and days and days, I had a terrible time to speak my native language, because every time I thought of the experience, that new language welled up from my belly, from my innermost being, and just wanted to gush out. When Jesus rose from the dead, he went and by his father, and he said, Father, you have promised to send. The Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, I was to share not back there, but in years later, of the same mighty infilling of the Holy Spirit. If I had only known right after the experience the things that I know tonight what a wonderful thing it would have been to me. But I cannot re uh, rewalk my life. My life has gone by as far as that is concerned. But this coming together, now knowing that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now embodies me. And the ministry that he has given requires that I yield totally to the embodiment of the Spirit. Your gift from God requires that you yield implicitly to the Holy Ghost who lives and abides within. On that same life that came in that day Has remained constant. My experience hasn't been constant, but he has been constant. He has been an intercessor. He has been a, he's been wisdom. He's been understanding many things. Small things that happen in your life. When I left the West, West Coast to come to North Battleford, I never knew what history would record. And neither do you, no. But you walking by the Spirit of God will not walk out a step, but in step. You that are elders tonight, your eldership, the authority of your eldership depends on the ability you have to lead, yield to the Holy Ghost and you, the authority that He gives you is all the authority he wants you to have. He does not want a man in an office to exercise the office like a policeman. He must operate in that ministry under the unction of the Spirit, and that is the limit of his authority. And we tonight are sharing in this magnificent thing. I... Want to close. Somehow or other, tonight I cannot explain the things that oftentimes seem to me unexplainable. These wonderful things of the Spirit. Why the Holy Spirit will embody a man the way he does. It is because of a promise from the one who was flogged, who went to Golgotha for you and fulfilled the entire judgment in your behalf. Now he comes and gives you of the same spirit that you might live all your life for him. Young people, let me say to you With caution, don't build your house on sinking sand. Don't build your house on sinking sand. You will go under. Don't go into that gateway that is so wide and and so full of of permissible ways. Don't go through that gate. Don't go through that broad door that allows you to to drink and carouse and, and rebel against law and do your own thing. Don't go through that gateway. Jesus has already told you the end of that gateway is destruction. You cannot escape it. Absolutely impossible for you to escape it. But if you will go through that narrow gate, that narrow gate will take you into pastures that are green. It'll take you into places of security. You will have fathers where you would never have anything in the other. I'll guarantee no man will walk under the full anointing of the Holy Spirit continuously and become involved in all the permissive things of this day. But any man that will walk under the anointing of the Spirit, God will allow you to build a house that is secure. I, I feel sorry for people that are caught up for these religious things. I really do. There never was a time that I've enjoyed the freedom, freedom to walk with God as I enjoy now. They often had slogans that you must wear out, burn out, or not, instead of rusting out. They had ideas to get young people's eyes on the mission field and go on, dedicate your life to that, whether they were a total misfit meant nothing at all. There is nothing like that in the church. The church, to me, is the refuge that God will give. And I hope, I really hope that you young people will understand it. that when elders chide you, It's good for you. The church isn't made to entertain. The church is a refuge, a hiding place. May God bless you, God keep you. If you would like more information about the moving of God's spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.